Uh, when I was uh, in seminary uh, many years ago, uh, one of the summer ministries that we were given an option to, to do was uh, to, go to, to go to Mexico and, and work in an orphanage up in the mountains south of Mexico City. And I, only a few of us uh, from Mundelein did it. And it was an orphanage run by the Archdiocese of Chicago called Nuestros Pequeños Hermanos the little ones and so we went and got kind of plugged into our uh, our section there's like 600 kids at this orphanage from all the way from nursery uh, newborns all the way up through grade school and then once they graduated from eighth grade because there was a school there they got moved to the high school orphanage and then beyond that then they were sent to college it's really it's really an excellent system it's still there they still operate it but I went down there and rudimentary Spanish from my books and from classroom Spanish. And, and, and this is, you know, I know I've mentioned this place before, but uh, this is a, a story of me failing at something and, and what I did about it. Um, I, I didn't like it there. It was, it was, it was kind of rough. There was a, a lot of, it just, it was a hard place to be. It was, you know, just out in the middle of nowhere. And, and uh, I was assigned to uh, a group of um, third and fourth grade boys. Me and a few other guys were are assigned to uh, take this section, third and fourth, the medianos, the middle ones, uh, the third and fourth grader boys. And there was maybe like 20, 20 boys in our section that we were assigned to. And our job was to make sure that they uh, got to their meals, got you know that uh, that they did their chores, that they uh, were you know kept busy. And, they, their, you know, soccer, and I must have played like ten thousand games of marbles that summer. You know, it was uh, it was like that, and it was hard because I didn't know how to talk to them because I didn't know how to talk to them. I, I didn't want to I didn't want to do it. Do you ever like be in a situation where you just felt awkward and you and, and timid, and and so you just kind of pulled back because you didn't want to make a mistake, you didn't want to look bad, you didn't want people making fun of you. Well, that's kind of how I felt, and the, you know, these boys sensed it. Oh, he doesn't want to be here. He doesn't like us. And I mean, these kids—they're uh, from all over uh, Mexico, and they've got nothing. They got nobody. Imagine being sent to an orphanage uh, in the middle of nowhere, and your family's nowhere to be seen. And it, it was hard for them. And, uh, and here I am, I, because I can't speak perfect Spanish. I'm just—I'm just gonna stay on the sidelines. Well, and I would go up on the roof every night of one of the buildings. Um, it was this old uh, sugarcane plantation and all these big buildings and they kind of retrofitted to be this orphanage and uh, so it was a really old uh, place and I would be up on the roof and clap on these exterior stairwells like built into the side of the building and go up there and it was beautiful the whole valley where they grew the, we grew the crops and you know, the, the pastures where the animals were raised that they used to, for their food and uh, then the mountains, and then under a, a moonlit night and stars, and I would go up there and I would just say, Lord, I, I hate it here. I don't like it. I want to go home. And, and I do that every single night, just pray my rosary and complain. And then one night, uh, the Lord uh, told me, just love them. Just love them. What's your problem? They don't care if you speak perfect Spanish. They don't care if you speak at all. Just love them. Just love them. So I heard that, and 
it's like, all right, I, I, I'll, I don't know how to do that, but I'll try. And so I, I stopped worrying about what to say, and I didn't, maybe sometimes didn't say anything at all. I'd buy him a, a torta or a sandwich at the little, the, they had this little shop there that the kids ran themselves, and I'd buy him some a Coke, or we take, I'd take him for a walk in the campo, and I'd play soccer with them, whatever it was. I just started to be more involved and overcame my reticence to be, just put myself out there. All right, make, you're gonna make mistakes, but just love them. They need somebody, they need somebody in this world to tell them that they matter, that they're important, that they have dignity, that they're not alone. And so I tried to do that. Well, you know what? It worked. In very short order, uh, we just, uh, there, there, there was a rhythm throughout the day, and the, there was a there was a, a reason for the day, and there was there was there was a, a fruitfulness of the day, and it, it just took away all my desire to leave. And I would go up on the roof and I'd pray and say, "Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for loving me, so I could share that love with these kids." So, anyways, here I was, all locked up, so afraid. And I couldn't hear them, I couldn't hear the Lord, and it, and it, it made life miserable. And bro brothers and sisters, when Jesus comes and he heals this guy of his, his deafness and his muteness, and that's, a, that's major stuff, but he's really doing it for you and me. How many of us don't listen? How many of us, because we're so fearful, we don't say anything? can't hear, you can't speak. If you can't hear Jesus, you can't do what Jesus tells you to do. You can't speak what he tells you to say. And aren't we all afraid of something? Maybe we've been hurt. Maybe uh, we don't want people making fun of us. Maybe we don't want people being angry at us. Maybe we're so angry ourselves that we can't hear anything that the Lord is saying. You can't work with that. And what he's doing is he wants to take us away to a quiet place where it's just you and him, and he wants to speak to you. And you've got to listen. And to listen, you've got to get rid of your fear, you've got to get rid of your anger, you've got to get rid of your anxiety, or all the things we're hung up on these days. Man, we're locked up. Have we ever been more afraid than we are now? Of everything. Afraid of ourselves, we're afraid of, you know, the government, we're afraid of masks, we're afraid of COVID, we're afraid of uh, people, you know, jumping all over us on social media because we, we might express an opinion. Man, it's, per it's, it's a perfect place for the devil to do his work and separate us and divide us because we're just so locked up. We don't hear the Lord, we don't hear each other, we don't know what to say, we're afraid to say it. Enough. Stop it. Jesus is talking to you. And all he wants to say is love each other. Why is that so hard? Because we have to give up all these things that we hold on to. Our fear, our anxieties, our worries, our, our brokenness, our grudges. Yeah. Let it go. You let that go. The Lord rushes in, and he, you know, I love this thing where he's, what's, 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 what's he doing here? You have to go back to Genesis. Remember in Genesis, uh, what did God do? He, 
He took the dust and formed us. Well, how does how do you form dust? You don't. Dust has to, it's just, he, 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 from the dust, he molded us like clay. So how does dust become clay? Moisture, the divine spit, all right? And he, he makes us into, he creates us in his own image and breathes his life into us. And here we are in his image and we need that likeness, we need that spirit, we need that freedom put back into us so that we can live Freely, we can live with joy. We can live without all the nonsense that's going on in the world. And we can just say to the people who are trying to make us afraid, I'm not afraid of you. I'm not afraid of anything because I've got Jesus. And so what Jesus is doing with this guy, he's doing with us. He takes the guy away, the guy who can't hear, because he can't hear, he can't speak, and he puts his fingers in his ear, he spits the divine loogie <laughs> in the guy's mouth and he touches his tongue. He's reconnecting this guy who's so cut off and so shut down with the divine source. That flow of energy goes into him. The likeness, the spirit goes into him and opens him up and makes him into a new creation. It's Genesis part two. It's the do-over that we all need. And it's continually always available to us. We just got to let go of our our fear and our anger. Let it go. Let him reconnect you. Let him recreate you. And see what happens. See what happens when you live life in the light of Jesus and not under the, the yoke and, and, and the boot of uh, forces that we think are beyond our control. Be free. Be happy. So here's the thing. When I would come into the, we had mass at this place, NPH, uh, a couple, few times a week, Sunday and a couple days during the week, Father Phil Cleary would come up from Mexico City uh, from the high school orphanage and he would say mass for us. And it was a beautiful little church. It was uh, built on poles, just the roof, open air all the way around. You walk in, and you know, you're looking at the altar, so there's no back wall. It just looks out over the valley and the mountains. Beautiful. And I'd walk in and I'd see that, and I'd go and sit with the other adults and the volunteers and the, you know, the, uh, the people that ran the place. And uh, I would walk by my little medianos, my 20 boys, and do that every time. And they'd just, I'd walk by, I'd wave, and these boys who thought I didn't love them and were indifferent to me because of it and who had noticed that I was different and had responded. So I walked by them and as I got, walked past them as I waved and going to my spot, uh, one of them said, Daniel, donde vas? Where are you going? I said, ahí, over there. And they, they said, no, no, siéntese aquí, sit with us. Now, here's the thing, this, this chapel wasn't huge. And it's all benches, no pews, just little benches. And the kids are just, 600 kids jammed in there. Just all like this. And I look at them and I said, uh, Donde? Where am I supposed to sit? There's no place. I'll just go over there. And they said, No, no. And all of a sudden they're, they're like doing this and they're moving around. And all of a sudden this little spot <laughs> opens up. 
And I'm like, okay. And so I went over there and I just like, like plot myself into it and, and you know, they're touching me and playing with my hair. It was just, they were in all these dirty hands and it was crazy. Um, wiping their snot on me and all these things, you know. And, um, and they were, but they were laughing. And, and one of them, and the one who had asked me you know, to come and sit, he said, see, uh, siempre posible. It's always possible. He's talking about the making the space, but the what, what I heard, siempre posible. It's always possible, brothers and sisters. When you open your heart and you listen to Jesus, and what he's telling you to do, oh my goodness, what happens in our life. Siempre posible.